We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Browns fans, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, Monday, May 15th. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are wrapping up our draft introductory series. We have two interviews to share with you today. Not much happened on Saturday and Sunday after an eventful Friday. If you have missed it, I've tried my best to cover it as thoroughly as possible, uh, covering the uh, film room of when it happened, uh, which is available to read on the OBR website. Pretty detailed look at uh, why the trade happened, for my opinion, for both sides, what Zadarius Smith brings to the Browns and uh, how the fit works in Jim Schwartz defense. So check that out. There's also a podcast tied to that that I did with an immediate reaction to it. And then obviously got together on Sunday with Brad Ward and we talked more about the rotation around Zadarius, things like that. So plenty of content over the weekend about that trade. I'm sure we'll talk more about it in various different conversations throughout this upcoming week. But like I said, I want to get uh, into and finish up the rookies because if you haven't been paying attention, rookie minicamp is taking place right now. And uh, a lot of different quotes coming out from this uh, rookie minicamp. Largely, though, when you hear from defensive players, it's about how explosive and how much they, they really enjoy Jim Schwartz defense. So I hope that translates to the veterans when they eventually get in for OTAs. But it seems like relatively universally across the board, the rookies are enjoying what they're seeing in that defense. So uh, a lot to be optimistic about heading into uh, what, again, will be a completely new defense and the structure around it and the perspective of Jim Schwartz tied to it should be fun to see what comes of it. That's our first taste of it. So continue to check out continued rookie minicamp coverage. Our own Fred Greetham, Brad Steinberg are there covering it. The Browns tried out five players throughout the process we'll see what ends up happening because again you get UDFAs then you have the ability to bring in tryouts as well they brought in Isaiah Epps a wide receiver out of Tulsa they brought in linebacker Ryan Greenhagen they brought in guard Robert Mitchell defensive tackle out of Cincinnati Jabari Taylor and then a wide receiver out of James Madison Chris Thornton so uh, and I think actually one more as well cornerback Quincy Wilson who's been in the NFL he's floated around he's been with the Dolphins most recently 
But those are the guys that they have brought in to work out. We'll see. They brought in some XFL names I've mentioned over the last few pods. We'll let you know if any of those guys actually do get signed. If you're interested, our own Jack Duffin did a really good article, two articles, on contract breakdowns of how rookie deals work, like how how much money they get right away, what their per-game roster bonus stuff is, what their off-season workout bonus stuff is. Really insightful for the draft picks. And then Jack also did it for the undrafted free agents, so you can get a feel for how the undrafted free agents' money works, how much they get up front, and then how their guarantees work over the course of if the if the player ends up landing somewhere else or they land on the practice squad it's really fascinating stuff so i encourage you to go check that out if you can because like i said it's it's stuff that i didn't even really think about personally myself uh, as a way to understand the value of getting drafted versus not getting drafted and everything that like i said comes with payouts based on that information so anyway we're going to get over to our first interview Uh, make sure you check those out our first interviews with matt stall Matt's a Columbia Tribune writer, covers Missouri basketball, football, so I wanted to get his insights on Isaiah McGuire, so we will start there. Let's jump over to that interview right now. So a player that sort of unified Browns fans in in terms of what we expected the Browns to do with a player that fit a lot of the thresholds is Isaiah McGuire, so I think there's quite a bit to learn about this young man, and when I searched uh, the best route to find somebody, Matt Stahl is the one who I came across as recommendation. Uh, he does a great job uh, doing sports reporting for the Columbia Tribune and has written many things as far as I saw uh, Matt did on, on Isaiah McGuire. So I thought it'd be a great point of reference to have a conversation. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's talk about Isaiah, an interesting player and certainly one the Browns are into. Can you trace maybe the beginning of his career, how he arrived in Missouri, uh, any of the story, like the backstory before he sort of became an NFL prospect for us? Yeah, he showed up. He was a three-star prospect from Union High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to say his other offers were from Tulsa and uh, Missouri State, maybe. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's close to right. And yeah, he came in. He wasn't in three-star prospect. You're not really thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a, some sort of superhero. And he actually came in under the last head coach at Mizzou, uh, Barry Odom, and then stuck around through the transition. Uh, Really, I guess, started making a name for himself seriously. Uh, His junior year, 2021, uh, really dealt with constant coaching change his entire career. And then, you know, (laughs) grew up a bunch. You look at pictures of him back when he first got to campus at Mizzou, and he kind of looks like a child, but... uh, you wouldn't say that about him now. He's really grown up, and I, I think we'll end up having a fairly solid NFL future. Yeah, I know, I know that his only real Power 5 opportunity was at Missouri, and he pounced on that opportunity. His father played at Oklahoma State, so the the offers didn't quite come in he expected, but he definitely liked the opportunity to go to Missouri and play. looks like 2020 is when he came into his own, obviously sticks around the next two years, did he like give me an idea of who he is as a person? We get a wide variety of these. Some guys who are the quiet working types, some guys who are the alpha male leadership types. Did did you get a vibe on sort of what motivates him intrinsically on the field, maybe off the field too, and sort of some of the driving factors into what made him he turned him into a all SEC player and team captain by the end of his run here at Missouri? Yeah, yeah. He's a little bit quiet. Um, never going to be like the most controversial guy on the team, but, uh, 
pretty well universally loved by his teammates and the coaches here. And I mean, he was great at dealing with the media too. Like never, I never saw him rattled by any situation, whether on the field or off. I mean, there was a point in this last season where Mizzou was just losing games in just, we're talking the weirdest fashion possible. I mean, they lost to Kansas state in a game that got delayed for an hour just by a thunderstorm. And they, I mean, they got housed by K state. Then they, I mean, they lose to Auburn on a game where the all American kicker misses a, some like a 23 yarder at the end of regulation that would have won the game. Then a running back fumbles the ball into the end zone in overtime to lose the game. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, there were three or four straight weeks where they lost games and just, heartbreaking or strange ways and uh he was the one that got trotted out to the media and i think he always did a good job uh you know all word is a grinder uh one of one of the more lead by example type of guys i'd say good love to hear it so so he was huge in everything i know missouri's gone through some struggles they've seen some good they've seen some bad uh, a program trying to fight for some stability. So, so if you're, you know, you've taken in a lot of his games, you've watched him play. What are the Browns getting from the player, in your opinion? Did you see, like, were you watching him, Matt, and you're like, this is an NFL guy? You know, you could see it relatively early, or did you sort of catch it by surprise how interested teams were him around around the draft season? No, no, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, I mean, just kind of the height size he has. It seems like that's sort of the way the NFL is going on the at at that edge. Um, I think you saw some of the combine stuff like he really could sort of drop back into coverage as a three, four linebacker if need be Um, on the field. I mean, his strengths are I mean, he's just so explosive off the ball. That first move, he, you know, making things hell for the tackles there. Uh, really just blowing stuff up on that edge. I mean, even teams like Georgia, who, I mean, Mizzou gave him their biggest scare of the season, probably. And I, he's just over there. Like, I mean, you can't really run to that side because I say McGuire's over there. So he's, he's very, very talented. Um, I th- also think like, I, I, the, it was obviously not, something you'd really love to go through as a player, but having so many defensive coordinators and defensive line coaches like he had, I mean, he jumps from the Odom administration where he's got, you know, Ryan Walters, then, uh, uh, you know, this past season to Blake Baker uh, coming in as a defensive coordinator, bringing Kevin Peoples with him as a defensive line coach. Like he's just been through so much constant change here. Like he's, I think he's pretty well proven to be just super coachable. Good. They'll need that. Well, hopefully the Browns provide some stability here as they switch defensive coordinators, but they're, they're, they're really drawn. Jim Schwartz of the Super Bowl history here is really drawn to him. They like him a lot. So uh, excited to have him. Uh, Matt, listen, we appreciate your insights uh, as, it, as it goes with Isaiah here. That, Like I said, the Browns uh, are really expecting and to pick 126. That, that outcome is all over the board, right? It's not a high percentage of hit, but it sounds like based on what he did at Missouri, and some of the athletic traits that fit in with some of the things they're looking for. He's got a real chance to have an opportunity to, you know, get through a rookie contract with some impact and then hopefully have a second contract in Cleveland. So excited to have him. And you never know, might be making our way back down there to Missouri to draft some more guys and and we could reconnect. So we appreciate your insights on Isaiah Tun, Matt. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good stuff on Matt there from Isaiah. I mean, I think it's what's funny is uh, when these draft prospect guys come along, it's some of these schools who are obviously well-known but not known for football the way we're going to talk about a Kansas prospect in a minute, talk about you know guys coming from Missouri. And obviously Missouri's put out NFL prospects, but it's just sort of fun to see, step back and see how well-known these guys were when they arrived and then like, how uh, their career progressed and whether those who covered them thought they would be NFL guys. I always get a little bit fascinated by if they get more attention uh, or if they're surprised, maybe a guy got drafted lower or higher based on the time that they spent around them. Uh, It's one of my favorite things to ask is just sort of that angle of what it was like being the, they're big dogs on campus. A lot of these guys get drafted from big programs and they're one of many, right? But like when they're at these schools that aren't big, uh, you know, big time competitors for for some of those meaningful bowl games or playoff experiences. I like to just sort of dig in on what they're like because it seems like they get a little bit more attention from uh, the beat writers or those who cover them. So we're going to switch over to Lonnie Phelps, who, in my opinion, is the last UDFA who got a serious commitment from the Browns. So they're they're definitely into him. I had a hard time hunting down somebody from Kansas to give some insights, but I think we found a pretty good one in Trey Salata. Uh, he's at S-H-R-E-98 on Twitter, covers Kansas basketball and football for the KC Star. So it was a pretty good interview. So let's jump over to that with him right now. Okay, welcoming in Trey Lada. He is, uh, does a great job from everything I gather, highly recommended. Uh, he does plenty of Kansas coverage, basketball, football, the KC Star. We're excited to have you in to talk about Lonnie Phelps. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we talk about Lonnie, it seems like this is a guy some people thought could be drafted. And I'm sure you spent time around him in the process to to get him ready. You know, the pro day, whatever, uh, the exposure was there. He kind of fell under the radar even more so than I thought. I mean, Dane Brugler had him as a fourth or fifth round grade. I thought he would get drafted. And I know the Browns were into him for a large part of the process because of the athleticism and his 40-yard dash and some of his sprint speeds and things that they're drawn to for edge players. But 
Was there, before we get to his, his backstory a little bit, was there a little surprise he did not get drafted from those of you covering the team? I think so. Out of all the guys associated with Kansas, he was the guy that I circled and I was like, I think he can get drafted. Him and Earl were really the two guys that had a chance, but Earl was projected late sixth or seventh. So, you know, like at that point, there's a high chance he couldn't get drafted. Lonnie was fourth, fifth. You know, he really took advantage, I think, of the opportunities post-collegiate uh, to make his draft stock go up. You know, I remember talking to his dad and he didn't have a senior bowl invite when they declare for the draft. He gets a senior bowl invite. He does an incredible job. I think uh, Pro Football Focus had him as one of the best uh, defensive edges, or just players of the game. Uh, then he goes out and kills it in the combine. Um, and, you know, his, his draft stock goes up a little bit. He switches to uh, playing linebacker, so he isn't as undersized. I really thought he would be drafted fifth, sixth round. I think, think that's what I thought too, especially considering the film is, is pretty uh, is pretty exciting. He, he plays fast. He plays physical. He's a nonstop motor. Let's track it back a little bit. I know you just came in. You told me off air here in November, so maybe you don't know this, and that's okay. But he comes from Miami, Ohio, which he's a Cincinnati guy originally, so there's no surprise why he ends up at Miami, Ohio, and how well the Mac schools do at keeping guys in the state at those programs. So he ends up third team, all Mac second team, all Mac comes in. Were there high expectations for him to be a real, I mean, to lead the team in sacks and obviously a second team, all big 12 performance. And what was a, a really strong Kansas football season, like walk us through how that year went for him. And uh, did he perform to what were expectations were for, for him coming in? I think he expect exceeded expectations that everyone outside had for him, but the expectations he had for himself and his family had for him, were super high. I remember talking to his dad and he was talking about, you know, we told Kansas this could be a one-year thing. You know, there was no like ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, we we wanted one year to prove that he could play with, you know, uh, P5 talent and, and just, you know, showcase that he belonged with the big boys, which I think he did. Um, he had a great start of the season. I think he got most of his sacks in the first couple of games. The first six games, he got seven of his sacks. And he was playing injured for most of it afterwards, and he was getting double teamed and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the expectations around him, I think, were, you know, cautiously high optimistic. Um, but he had really high expectations for himself. You know, he wanted to prove that he belonged. He wanted to prove that he deserves a chance to play in the NFL. And he felt like uh, this year at Kansas, he did that. Um, there was a couple different metrics where he was super highly rated. Um, I remember talking to his dad. I, I can't forget the exact metric. But he was right behind a guy that got drafted, I think, uh, you know, top 15 last year, uh, last season or whatever. And uh, I remember him telling me, he was like, you know, the big thing for us with coming to Kansas was just showcasing that he can do it against all types of talent, no matter who plays, no matter who's against him. Uh, he can get to the quarterback. He can pressure. He can do uh, all he needs to do and showcase that he deserves a spot in the NFL roster. So you mentioned his dad a couple times now, and I know Dane does in his summary of the of the player and how his dad helped develop him through middle school and into high school as a pass rusher. So he is his dad very active in his life in terms of like always around, always doing certain things. You, you, you see, you'll see different sides of the spectrum where some parents are very removed, don't do much to help, but then you see a lot of these where you know the parents are pretty heavily involved. So I'm, I'm curious what that looks like and just how Lonnie is as a person from your time covering him, if he's 
one of those focused, driven, quiet individuals, or if he is more of a leadership type, because it's hard to go into a program, especially going from the MAC to a Power Five school, and expect to just kind of step on the field and maybe be a leadership type. But I've kind of gathered that that's a little bit of how he was this year for for again a, a Kansas team under Lance Leipold who uh, exceeded expectations. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think he was a leadership type. You know, he he's confident in himself. He's confident in his abilities. He, you know, every time i think you know when people thought like why is he decurring for the draft what he needs another year this and that he was confident that they can get what they want out of the draft process obviously i think he was hoping to get drafted and stuff like that but i think the chance to go to like the browns and get an opportunity to really earn his uh stripes and, and hopefully get a real spot whether it's a backup or eventually a starter in a league uh filled with uh you know just tremendous talent I think was something that he wanted. Um, and he was always a guy that I felt like he had this quiet confidence to him. But when asked about it, you could see, you know, he was like, I, I can do this. I, I got this. Like, you know, like the atmosphere he built around this Kansas team was he wanted, he was hungry. He was always trying to get to the quarterback. He's always trying to be the guy. Um, and I think his teammates really respected the fact that he was a tremendously hard worker. He works his tail off. Um, and he's not afraid to go out and, you know, ask for help. You know, I, I think there was a couple months ago when he asked, went up to JJ Watt and he was like, Hey, like I grew up watching you, big fan of you, yada, yada. And like all these other football players couldn't go up to JJ and like talk to him and stuff like that. I think one of the things about Lonnie is he's always had this confidence in himself on and off the field that you can see, uh, just by talking to him and, you know. I think he believed in himself before other people did. And when everyone else started to get him bored in the last couple of months with the combine and the senior, uh, you know, his senior bowl uh, presence and stuff like that, it was just something that had been a long time coming. And his dad, I think, plays a lot into that. He believes in his son. He believes that he can be uh, the next great NFL player. He can earn a long living. Um, and, you know, they were just going in with the mindset of, Let's get out of Kansas after a year because it's a one-year thing. It's an incredible year, and we showcase what we can do. And let's see if we can get drafted and then earn a spot on an NFL roster. Well, the Browns believe in him. They gave him upwards of $250,000 in bonus money, which is pretty equivalent in guarantees to a fifth-round pick. So I think that the, the moment they had an opportunity – to believe that he wouldn't be selected and he would hit the free agent uh, setup here. They were in contact during the draft and wanted to get him brought in. And I know some guys, yeah, you want to hear your name called and that's a dream, but you know, you get, you can get more money coming in the situation he did and have real opportunity. Uh, the guy selected in the sixth or seventh round doesn't. So I, I just know that they're excited to have him. So this has been great. Uh, it, it remind everybody where they can find your work because I do think Kansas football is going to continue to shoot up uh, and and produce more NFL prospects. So I, I'm always opportune to let Browns fans find more content out there that are going to be players that I think eventually get to the NFL here. Yeah, absolutely. You can find all my work at KansasStar.com, KCStar.com, and uh, on Twitter at SHRE98. Fantastic stuff, Trace. We really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that's a wrap on Draft Introduction Series. It came across in three different parts. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you continue to learn something. Uh, every year we do these about the guys that they're able to go out and acquire via the draft and UDFA. So 
try to give you differing perspectives on those. I can always expand that to free agents should you guys want to get more information on those guys, but it's a bit more, uh, that information is a bit more readily available that I share. So I don't always know if that is super valuable, but I'm always open to DMs and all that stuff about uh, if you would prefer more of that uh, with, with some of the free agents that the Browns bring in. But again, it's a little different. Some of the information about these guys, about these uh, young men as people uh, coming from the college level, I like to, I like to dig a little bit deeper because it's not just out there for yourself to find. But I think with some of the free agent stuff you can. But anyway, like I said, if you'd like more, always willing to give you more. Hopefully you enjoyed the draft introduction series and you enjoyed the Browns making a huge trade over the weekend. And uh, who knows what this week brings. It seems that they're still interested in cleaning up, fixing up, patching up this roster as best they can to go into a really, really important season as competitive as possible and as complete a roster as possible as we get halfway through May now. Uh, we may not see any movement until June 1st when they open up some post-June 1 money from John Johnson's contract release. We'll see how that shakes out. Nonetheless, we'll cover it from every single angle. A lot going on over at the OBR, so check out the OBR for your daily content needs. I'll have Dewan Jones Film Room tomorrow on the Rookie Tackle, so check that out as we keep making our way through the rookie class with some in-depth coverage of who they are as players. Like I said, stop by, check out the information on UDFA and drafted rookie contracts. And if you missed it, go check out that Zadarius Smith film room to see what the Browns are getting in the trade, the huge trade that they made over the weekend with the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Monday, guys. We'll check in with you tomorrow with Andrew Spade. Until then, like I said, have a great, fantastic Monday. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.